risen. She hath risen. She is here. She is alive. I swear she's not dead. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. Yeah, it sounds weird. I haven't said that in a very, very, very long time. And she's crawling out of her seasonal depression cave as 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 one would, as one would. You know, I feel like I just, I feel like there was a lot of hibernation going on in January. I was trying to avoid all forms of social media. And it wasn't even like I was trying to do it on purpose. It just got to be a little much. I feel like towards the end of the year, and we're all about great things and good for people for wanting to set new things, but it just becomes so much and it's all over social media. You know what? I'm going to be real for five seconds. You know, we're, we're starting out this podcast coming out of the floodgates. Clearly, I'm pent up. I'm like a caged animal. There's a lot going on. I got a lot to talk about. And I'm excited to talk about it. And here we are. I'm going to say it. I have had this weird change where suddenly I just have like zero interest. I have like zero interest in social media. And I've been, like, creeping there slowly and still, like, obsessively on it. I recently, and I don't know if it's just because, like, I've lost interest in a lot of things. And I, and I can say this and talk about this openly and freely. And I feel like the fact that when you do talk about things openly and freely, that's when people shouldn't be worried. Now, when you're not talking about the things that are happening inside and you're hiding it and then it's building and it's festering, that's when maybe people should worry. I can talk about what's going on with myself. I know what's happening with myself in these dreary, dark months. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are going through the exact same thing that I'm going through. In fact, I'm not, I'm not, I think it's, I know, I know that. And I feel like I almost sound like a broken record and I'm coming in hot on this podcast talking about it because it's, it's currently what is it happening in my life, so I, that's one of my main things that I will always and forever do is be honest, is be authentic, is be vulnerable, and is to speak my truth. That's who I am. That's my story. Why, one of my reasons why I started this, it was to just completely purge what is going on. And what's going on right now is we're having to work a lot harder in our everyday lives to combat what we're facing weather-wise and I know all I mean for people who are living out I don't know if I, I mean I mean demographically wise there's people listening to this podcast else, elsewhere but on the east coast specifically if you're in the good old state of Ohio anywhere on the east coast right now it's what it's it's something that happens to all of us I mean we are we are so affected by the weather change. We are so affected and, and rightfully so. I mean, our bodies actually go into a vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D is something that supports serotonin, which creates happy feelings. It is something that uh, most people struggle with. Everyone struggles with it. And then you have the people who are already dealing with mental disorder, not even one can call it meant, but like mood disorders on a day-to-day basis. It just amplifies it. So you know what? I'm crawling out of my hole with my robe. Thanks to my to-be, to my to-be brother-in-law who gave me my, the best new robe for Christmas. It has been my, it has been my shield of armor the last month. And February is one of the shittiest months. It is gray every single day. We haven't seen the sun in God knows how long. And when we see the sun, it's for a day. And then it's like another seven days 
of gray. And it's affected me. It's affected people around me. It causes feelings of hopelessness and loneliness and restlessness. And we're not doing anything. We're not going outside. We're not rolling our windows down and listening to music. We're not feeling the feeling of happy and hopeful. There's something about a blue sky and a sun that just makes you feel hopeful. And it's coming. And we have that to look forward to. However, how do we get through these days where we feel like we can't get through them? And there are days where, I mean, I'll be, I mean, I push through. We all push through. I think one of the main important things for when we're dealing and when we're battling with just seasonal, seasonal shit and, and feelings, seasonal feelings, seasonal sadness, whatever, it, what, whatever you want to call it. I think one of the most important things, and I mean, I'm not perfect, so I mean, I've kind of, I've let loose on some things and I've kept myself, I've kept myself on certain habits. Keeping up with routines is so important, is so important. Whether that's, okay, are you drinking your water? Like I, for me, I have water goals that I set every day. Are you drinking your, it's simple, I mean, simple things, guys, because for me, and for others who battle, who battle these feelings, it's the little things, right, that feel like mountains. They feel like mountains. For, it's just, and for those who don't experience this at all, I mean, I feel like we all kind of experience some kind of mood, mood changes in winter. I feel like it's a roundabout, but... Okay, completely, completely, wee-woo, wee-woo, back to what I was saying. We all, ex- so we, we all are experiencing these feelings. And keeping, keeping in mind, or keeping yourself just, t- just dialed in on little things. Because little tasks, normal tasks, everyday tasks start to feel like mountains. So then bigger tasks feel even more than that. And... I think it's just so important to just set those little things for yourself. The one thing that I have just done and will continue to do because it helps me so much is I promised myself and I told myself when I was going to start taking care of not only my body but my mental health that I was going to need to do 30 minutes of activity every single day, whatever that means. It doesn't have to mean I'm doing this killer-ass workout. It just meant that I need to move my body because the stationary, the non-moving, the not it's – Moving makes me feel good. Moving is scientifically proven to make your mind feel good. And when we're in, when we're being affected by environmental, by environmental elements that we cannot control, I think the most important thing is finding things that you can control in your day. What can I control? And you know what? Sometimes you can't control what your mind does. We try so hard. We try. I, I try. I try. I try to get a hold of my mindset because mindset is everything. Mindset will free you mindset and choosing choosing other thoughts choosing positive thoughts on days where you can't be positive frees you however there are days where you can't so if you can't control that and you can't control the weather and you're just feeling hopeless and you're just feeling down and you're feeling in a rut and you can't get outside and you're not with you can't be outside with your dog or you can't just like literally I was just thinking the other day just 
driving in the car with your windows down. It's just, just, it's simple things like that that bring us so much happiness that we don't have right now. So it's like, where do we find that? Where do we find happiness on dark days? Where do we find that inner, if we're not getting it from environmental and external elements, where are we finding happiness within? And I mean, I work every single day on almost to the point where it's just it's just one of my main focuses on finding that internal happiness or finding that internal stillness and it's not I'm not saying that I that I that I that I get there every single day I don't but I'm working but I'm working on that that's one of my main focuses on just as I continue to enter into every new I mean setting my as I started off this podcast bitching about not wanting to be on social media because I was just almost so sick and tired and just so inundated of seeing every single person just talk about what they're going to do and what they have done. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, oh my, I, I just don't, I don't fucking care. (laughs) I don't care. And it, it almost kind of like started, I don't know. It was just kind of like, it zapped me. It, it like zapped me into this. And I've already kind of had this, not kind of, I'm not gonna stop small. You know what? Tell yourself right now, I'm going to tell myself right now to stop shrinking the thoughts and the feelings that you have. I started a spiritual journey. It's almost been two years now where I got serious and I started to think about things that were bigger than me and my purpose and all of that crazy deep shit. And and when that started happening, the one thing that just kept coming back to me, and I know that I've talked about it numerous times on this podcast, is that I just started to feel and I just feel that the things that I'm looking at and my in social media, it just was it's not it's not important. Like it's not important. And I mean, it is and it's fun. And I just I guess I have and who knows, I might I, I might change and I might get back on the train. But right now, it just doesn't seem even being on it. It just doesn't interest me. I don't care. I don't care what so-and-so and something is, is peddling or selling or doing or I'm not getting any, va- I'm like not getting value from it anymore. And I guess I just, you know, after the new year and after just being inundated with like 2020 and I just shut it, I just shut it the fuck down. And I haven't really been, really haven't really had a presence on it. And I just kind of, because it just almost sometimes just seems stupid. Like, it just seems stupid to me. Like, there is so much more that actually matters and that is so much larger than that. And I'm going to stop on my social media rant because I, I, I will go on it. And I just, it's so, as much as it's connecting, it's just very dis, I don't know, it's just very disconnecting. Anyway, Meemaw. All right, Meemaw. And don't, I love, once again, love creative outlets, all about it. I feel like I have to justify. But at the same time, I just feel like, when we're in these kind of months and we're in these dark, dreary months and we're already, a lot of people are, I think, struggling to find that gumption, struggling to find, struggling to find anything that doesn't feel like, and everything just starts to feel mundane and everything just starts to feel sad and just kind of blasé and you're shut in. And for us single folk, us single folk who are just, by themselves I mean it gets a little it gets a little insular so you have to keep you've got to keep your mind straight we ha- got it I have to find you know keep 
keep paying attention to those simple things. Find a couple simple things in your day that make you or that keep not even make you happy, but give you control. Whether it's you wake up in the morning before work and you make your own coffee at home you and or you're drinking your water or you make your bed in the morning or you come home and you work out or you come home and you cook dinner, come home, clean, pick, do like a five minute roundup and just like not even have to do a deep clean, but just take that five, just find a couple of things. That is my advice to anyone who is struggling right now because I'm telling you what and I know once again I feel like I sound like a broken record but in these months this is it's a hard time and it's not something that you can just be like okay well like change the way and like it'll be better the next day like no because it's every single day it's dark it's gray it's wet it's cold you're inside like it's hard and it's it's a marathon it's not a sprint And I think that's like one. I mean, we're almost thank God that February is the shortest month because we can't handle any longer and we're going to be out of it soon. And I'm just I'm sending my love. I'm sending so much love to people who are feeling this way or who are struggling because it's hard as fuck. There are days where there are days where I don't want to get out of bed, but you push and we push and We do the things that we need to do and we get by and you speak it and you speak your truth. Tell somebody how you're feeling. Tell somebody safe who's not, who you're not going to feel judgment and just get it out. Write it down in a journal. But I, I just feel like I need to say this to everyone who is feeling some type of way right now. We will get through it. The sun is coming. I promise that's what happens with seasonal change. And I'm going to get off my soapbox right now, but that's my truth. And you know what? This girl speaks her truth. And another thing I'm going to speak my truth about is Valentine's Day. <laughs> Not really. I don't really have a lot of things to speak about. Valentine's Day is today because this podcast will be coming out on Friday. Valentine's Day. I want to know what love is. I've been singing that song just not because I actually want to know what love is. I mean, who doesn't want to know what love is? But it's just such, it's just such a good belty song. And that's just been my theme song. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Woohoo. Valentine's Day and one of the shittiest, grayest, probably Valentine. Actually, I think it's going to be sunny in Cincinnati, so that's nice. And I actually, weirdly enough, have plans for Valentine's. So not anything serious, but fun. And that's cool. This is coming from... This is coming from a girl who is just exploring exploring her world as a self-sufficient single woman. A self-sufficient single woman who is going to be entering into attending eight weddings. So, you know, you homegirls out there, she's trying. I'll tell you what. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll spray it. Y'all, the dating world is like the Wild West. And I... To anyone, to any, to anyone who's like, yeah, oh, I'm so, I'm so happy I don't have to do that. You know what? Good for fucking you. That's great. I'm great you don't have to. I really don't, I obviously you're in a relationship. So like saying that doesn't, like saying that makes you feel good in that moment. But like, I don't care and I don't want to hear that. So sorry, Susan. Dating and dating apps. Here's my thing. I've been like kind of on this this page and it maybe is because like I started going to a new gym and like when I'm in a gym I don't know what's happened to me actually I do know what's happened to me 
I just don't talk about it or I'm not somebody who's very open and talking about like like needs and like attraction and how I mean I so let me back up because I will I just think I said like 70 things I'm on the dating apps right we're on dating apps I'm on there I'm not I'm not like desperately seeking to find a boyfriend I'm just trying to go I'm just trying to date I'm trying to find people who are interesting and who entertain me and who I find common interests with and like maybe want to go and get drinks or maybe want to go to dinner going to dinner and going to drinks doesn't mean I want to be your fucking girlfriend it just means like hey I met you you're cute maybe we should meet instead of just Instead of just talk on text message for weeks, and then what? That becomes overwhelming. That becomes almost a chore. And then you kind of lose interest. I don't really want to talk to this person that I've been, like, having to talk. Like, it's like, just meet. Just freaking meet. It's the weird, it's the weirdest thing. I can't even begin to describe. I, not only do guys just, like, not, And then that's the thing. It's like, do you be the aggressor as the woman or do you not be the aggressor? I'll go out and I'll say opening lines to people and then I'll people who have liked me and then I'll never hear back. And I know that's like the name of the game or like I won't say anything, you know, or I play it where I play it where I don't say anything and I wait for somebody to message me. And then in that case, that's like every two people out of 20, maybe, or it's not even out of 20. It's out of like maybe the 20 people who have liked you and then you reciprocate. To like a couple, there might be like one who says something back. I mean, it's just this, it's this game of boredom. It's this game of boredom and it's just another social media app to get on, laying on your couch, when you're home, when you're bored, to satisfy a temporary need, a temporary loneliness, and then you're just done. It's like you're going to continue being lonely, motherfucker, if you don't go out, if you don't meet. It's just, it's the weirdest frustrating thing and then you just have to I have to snap myself out of it and be like you know it doesn't matter (laughs) I mean it 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 doesn't matter like things will work out the way that they're supposed to work out and obviously clearly like I'm I'm a very firm believer of what is for me will not pass me what is for me will not pass me up and but I'm telling you it is it's it gets really so okay so so imagine this imagine entering the winter or you're in the winter and you know you're someone who's maybe experiencing some like seasonal mood effects and you know you're also trying to keep you know you're also trying to keep up and trying to keep your life going and then you get on you're spending your time like when you're home on these apps and then I've realized something that it's instead of you know back in say like when you're in college and you like meet somebody or you meet one guy like at a frat party and you you're like into that and then you go on a date but that that can like spanned out over a couple of I don't know you meet one person you go out and it's say that that doesn't work it's like okay that's just one that's one rejection you have to deal with I'm talking mass rejection like on a weekly basis and not even like it's it's different types it's not hearing back it's never hearing anything at all it's it's things not going anywhere it's just it's it's rejection on such an elevated scale and it's just exhausting and it's like and then for all these single people out here now who are this is how they're dating because 
God forbid you look at somebody in public or God forbid you like have a conversation with somebody in public. You're like weird. And this is coming from the girl who talks to strangers or tries to talk to as many strangers as they possibly can to show that there's still there's still kindness and like randomness out there. You know, there's still kind strangers. I mean, I talked to a guy at the gym tonight who dropped his phone and I had my headphones in and he looked up at me and I pulled him out. And like I just I try to make effort into talking and this is talking to people in public. And so, like, joining joining my joining my new gym, okay, I turn into a hyena at the gym, and I have tried, I have tried, and I need to keep my, I need to keep my sights on the ground. I'm in, I'm in two unknown relationships with guys at the gym who I just will oogle and Google at, like, to the point where I'm just, like, like, slobbering, and that, I mean, seriously, it's, like, just staring at these beautiful pieces of meat while you're on the elliptical, and then you're, like, all right, snap the hell out of it, or you're going to make eye contact a million more times, but that was also, like, kind of my goal. I'm, like, I was in this phase where I was, like, I really want to just, really just want to, like, have somebody approach me in public, or I want to, I was even thinking, like, how do you even do that nowadays, and are you a psychopath if you do? I was, like, talking to some of my friends and talking about this one hot guy at the gym, and I was like, man, do I just, like, try to have a couple of interactions and then just – it's, like, the weirdest thing. It's, like, how do you how do you hit on people in normal life when you're not at a bar? It just seems – it just seems like such a distant thing. It, it, it feels like it's getting further and further away, and then it starts to stress you out because you're like, oh, my God. The apps are my only hope, and then when the apps are just, like, stupid and ridiculous. And then another thing about the apps that drives me nuts is, like, you have repeat likers. So you have these same guys that are liking you over and over again because every now and again, like, the algorithms or whatever, even if you've, like, said no to certain people, like, they will come back into your pool, and you see that they've liked you again, and you're like, you're like, bitch, I've already responded back to you once and like it never went so like stop you're obviously just it's just annoying but you but you start to like feed out you start to know the certain types on there it's wild I'll tell you another wild thing is seeing or seeing dating app matches at the gym which I have (laughs) which is so weird and super 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 awkward so um hilarious hilarious and I'm like, I'm somebody who's so observant that I like, I, the second I see somebody, I know that I've known them. And I'm like, oh my God, I know you have seen me before. And part of me is like, oh my God, does he remember that he's liked me? And he's, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyways, I digress. Let's talk about some TV, shall we? Because that's one of my favorite things in the entire world. And you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. So it's been a while. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things that I'm just like obsessed with. I'm obsessed with and they might be old news because guess what everything's old news nowadays there is so much tv there is so much content to consume that like you I feel like it was almost like a year ago where it was like these shows were coming out every so often and you could keep now there's so much that somebody's talking about something and you're like oh I haven't I'm too busy watching other like there's so much out there it's crazy it's crazy one of the things that's absolutely blown my mind. So for me, like if I if I don't feel it, I gotta feel it. And nowadays, with how much with how much media we have, I it takes a lot. I don't know. I just feel like I'm not. There's a couple of shows that I've liked, but I'm not really feeling super con- like connected. I will say though that the couple of things that I have been obsessed with obsessed with recently. So if anyone has not watched, don't fuck with cats. You have to watch it. It's a horrible. T- it's a horrible name. 
when you read the description of the documentary, it it's it's a little dark. I mean, obviously, it's about it's about this nutbag who posts these videos of harming cats on the internet, and that's not even like the main story though. So I can't don't let that bog you down. It just it goes into how crazy the internet is now and how an entire group, a Facebook group, band together and completely hunted this person, this anonymous person down. It was the most wild, best Friday night I have ever spent. It's three episodes. It's on Netflix. Holy shit. They don't show, they don't show anything super graphic. They lead up to it and then they take it away before anything gets bad. And it's really only a a brief part of like episode one. And then it gets a little bit more crazy. But I'm telling you, if you're a documentary fan, this just had me completely. It was one of the best documentaries I've seen in a while. The way that it was, the way that it was produced, the way that it was filmed. The the interviewees were really great and really animated, which is amazing when you have interviewers who are kind of in and or, or entertaining and can carry. Um, so that was absolutely batshit awesome and then then of course I know this is so old news but I I keep thinking about you like I can't stop you is one of my favorite shows now I like weird shit I like eerie shit I just I'm 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 into it and you season two I think was I think it was awesome and I think it was even better than season one I love I love love I think she's a I think she's a great leading lady she was in um the actress was in the haunting of the haunting of hill Haunting of Hill House. I really I feel like I forgot that title. Um, and she played, was it Nell? Was it Nell the name? And I'm not even fact-checking it. I didn't write it down. But anyways, loved her. And I just, Joe is, <laughs> Joe's inner monologue and OCD thoughts remind me of myself. And like, is that fucked up? Because I consistently have an inner monologue going 24-7. And I just, it's, it's, it's an it's an inner monologue that's just over it's just over analytical and I was actually I was ha- I had a girls night recently and I had some of two of my best friends over and we were talking and I was kind of like just describing like it's a situation for me and or what I do or my actual thoughts and I, I think it might have been talking about the guys at the gym and I anyways I was just I was dissecting somebody and she looked at me and she was like, okay, Joe. And I'm like, okay, the fact that you said that, though, is crazy because I had that exact same thought. Not that I'm going to, like, go out and obviously I'm not going to kill anybody because that's just not in me. But the mind. I'm just so drawn. I'm so drawn to his character. I'm so drawn, I'm, and which I know that he hates. I know Penn Badgley, the actor who plays Joe, is just hates that people love him so much and that romanticize him. But, I mean, come on. It's just so good. You Season 2 has just got me. It just got me. It's on Netflix, obviously. Another Netflix another Netflix show that I started, and I was like, okay, this is going to be something great, and this is going to be a new phenomenon. And it's light, and it's fluffy, and it's something that we need. If you have not watched Cheer on Netflix, I don't know what the hell you're doing, quite frankly. Um, even if you're a guy, or, I mean, I don't think a guy is going to sit down and watch it. Actually, they have and they do, and I've heard people talk about and I've heard celebrities tweet about it so cheer is a docu-reality series about the Navarro College um, collegiate cheer team and they're like the top in the country and it follows them and it follows over their year and it follows them and their lead coach who is this big badass 
and she's not even big. She's like super tiny, really cute. Really reminds me of Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights, Connie Britton, Tammy Taylor. And she's won like 14, 14 championships, like back to back. It is one of, it's so good. And quite frankly, I, I have this prophecy that I hope that I fulfill that I am meant I am meant to be a stage mom I don't care what it is or care what it's for I'm actually scared for the day that I have children because I'm so competitive to the fact that I can't I have to pull myself out of things because I'm a I'm psycho competitive and I get nutty I get nutty I get bitchy and I get mean and it's just because I'm all about I'm just all I get way I get way too far in I get way too far in and it just gets I mean I've had I've 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 yelled on sidelines of sibling soccer games and where I've been told I'm not allowed to come back playing softball one time I basically told the ump yelled at the umpire that he was wrong and that there was three outs and I made my team leave the field because there was three outs and it's my job as the first baseman to keep track of how many outs we have and we had three outs and I told him that's it leave the field and everyone left the field you know it just gets it just gets a little it just gets a little dark so but I know that I meant I know that I meant to be a stage mom I come alive I come alive at drag shows I had a friend tell me once that I one of my what I should consider as like a career is being like owning a drag show or being just like a hype I mean I get me in front of a stage and get me in front of a performer and I will just yes like let's go those are my people they feel me so okay as you can see cheers really great so you basically it's you are hooked from the time it starts to the time it ends. And by the end of it, you're sick to your stomach watching them go to Daytona performing because they're performing in front of tons of people and they're performing for the title championship. And it's sickening. It's truly sickening. And it's amazing. So cheer on Netflix season one. Pretty sure Monica was playing coy. Um, Bobby Bobby Bones had, uh, had her on the Bobby Bones show and she was playing coy about a season two. But they definitely got picked up for season two. And I cannot wait. Another um, show that recently came out is The Goop Lab on Netflix, and it's Gwyneth Paltrow's, um, her, her lifestyle line, Goop, which Gwyneth Paltrow is a little kooky-fooky for me. I, I like her. There's a couple of things that she's done that are just, like, bizarre, how she said that she basically, like, brought yoga to, like, the United States. I'm like, okay, okay, sit down. And then also decided that she was going to make a candle, scent it as her vagina, and then price it at a retail price of $75. I mean, like good for you but I mean homegirl's just living kind of in a different planet doesn't live in the same house I don't know if she still lives in the same house as her new husband I don't think they do like I mean just very like but you know what long live Gwyneth Paltrow do you boo so she's has this new docu-series on docu-series on Netflix and it's about goop lab so each episode is a different kind of holistic not traditional type of healing medicine different just different avenues and it is I watched it in a day it was right up my alley I mean the last episode was called are you an intuit and I was like yes I am yes I'm an intuitive yes I know what's going on yes I feel feelings yes I can have intuitive feelings about people and can see things and anyways I'm not gonna go into that right now but it's great and there's a couple of episodes, the one episode where it's the cold plunge and it's all about, there's this man who 
literally trains people with his breathing technique. It's all about breathing and making your body an alkaline body, and you can overcome just extreme measures with mindset and breathing. It's fascinating. So the Goop Lab on Netflix is a big, a big likey, a big likey, highly recommend it. If you're into that, if you're into kind of just different holistic kind of goop, you know, goopy, goopy uh, type, type things, you'll like it. You'll definitely like it. All right. So Taylor Swift came out with her documentary series on Netflix, Miss Americana. And I've talked about Taylor Swift on this podcast before. I've shared my feelings. I've had a journey with Taylor Swift. I also used to like hate on a lot just because I would find, I mean, not even that, but I'd find things and I would just rip and I'm trying to change my ways a little bit and try to have empathy for other people and not always just talk shit about people. I had a tough time for Taylor Swift with a long time because I really did feel like I was watching somebody who was just this cult of just contrived and like every move was planted out and every move was just to get, just to get an applause. It just didn't feel real. She just didn't feel real. And, like, her early music I was kind of into, and then I faded out, and then everything she just did, it just seemed so, like, so staged. It just never seemed like we actually really knew who she was. Okay, now, Flash, recently, I have definitely have had change of feeling, not since, not just since her release of the docuseries before. I've come into, like, come into a retrospective. This woman has put out so much music, writes her own music, album after album. I mean, she is the artist. Sorry about it, but she's, the like, the artist of our generation, of our time. I mean, she continuously has outdone every single, every single person and continues to still do it. So going into this documentary, I was really intrigued and really interested because I was like, okay, are we actually going to see some Taylor? Are we actually going to see what's going on? And to find out how severely her life and everything she did was for validation. And she says it. She says that she, the only way she felt happy is if she knew that everyone else was happy watching her. And so sh- what she did and like never felt like it was good enough. And the second she did one thing, had to do the other. And when you watch just these extreme measures that she has put on herself and then Dealing just with, and then dealing with the public of being like, you're this, you're not enough this, you're too much this. And then like her trying and like watching her change so many times. And that was one of my things. It's like, we don't even know. She's like all these different people. Like she's trying to be what we want her to be. She's doing it for her audience. She's, that's like her sole purpose. And that's exhausting. That's absolutely exhausting. It was just one of, it was a really eye-opening documentary. And for anyone who's like, oh, I don't like, feel like it might be something that people just think that like females are going to watch, but it was a great documentary. It was super cool. There were some really great moments. I loved watching her and Brandon Yuri record his part in me, like in the recording studio. It was wild. It's just wild to see somebody who was so isolated and then watch her go and just spend hours and hours and hours like at meet and greets meeting strangers and then think about this this is like this part totally weirded me out she like comes out from doing a show and like is just sitting in this meet and greet and it's just person after person stranger after stranger coming up to her and just start sobbing can you imagine like as a human just that's so like it's so crazy like it's wild to think that like every like 
I don't know. It just it, it gave me such a new perspective. Also, hearing her own words about her whole situation with like her sexual harassment case with the with the with the radio, the radio station host who grabbed her ass in a video, which you can very well see in this or not in the video, but in a in a picture like you can see this. This guy's hand is low. And so you can't see anything, but. And he completely smeared her and like took her to court for like for what is it like that? Not defamation, but um, slander, not slander. Anyways, whatever. I'm not even going to. And I thought it was so big of her to like countersue him with a dollar just to prove her point. Like, bitch, I don't need you. I don't need this. I'm doing this for me. And, you know, I remember my my opinion about Taylor when I first heard about that long time ago. And I remember my opinion about Taylor before it happened to me. And I hate to say it, but I feel like at one point I was probably somebody who didn't believe or didn't understand. And then something happened to me and it completely changed my life. It completely opened my eyes. It completely made me feel like a victim isn't just somebody like victims are there's all types of victims just because you aren't taken back behind a dumpster and like brutally raped doesn't mean you're not a victim doesn't mean that when you speak and you're trying to you're trying to share what happened to you and then you're consistently looked at and questioned like you're lying and that like it's just coming from a place where nobody believes you and hearing just hearing how she felt about how dehumanized she felt by the questions she was asked in court it and how she felt like it you you feel wrong like you feel like you're what happened to you is wrong and it was just such once again another eye-opening experience watching her talk about it and especially after you know i've 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 experienced something and it it just it really 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 rocks you and open your eyes and makes you realize that okay there are a lot of these women who there's a lot of women who are rightfully so don't come out and don't say anything because they're typically not believed typically not believed and i know that there are people who maybe say things hurtfully and are and are not honest but for the most part it comes down to the fact that victims are not believed and it's just it's something that needs to change and taylor's quote and it i'm sorry to all the people that weren't believed is just like damn like that really hit hard it's just there's there's a lot in the documentary that I just I just related to watching her stand up to her parents and voicing her own political opinions and just because she felt like she had to be this perfect person for everyone for so long and come to find out it wasn't just like her thinking that it was her doing that for her audience because she loves her audience so much. I just there's a lot in it and you know she was loved, she was hated, you know her her audience love her, we love her, she gives us more, we hate her. And she tries to adapt and give us even more. It's just this crazy, it's just been this crazy, insane ride to kind of watch. So for anyone who's remotely interested in like music or just pop culture or whatever, just Taylor fan, 
if you haven't watched it already, which I'm sure everyone's probably watched it, it was just, um, I really enjoyed it. I really was happy with it and happy to kind of see this, see this person. And um, I don't know, I'm excited to see what homegirls got up her sleeve because I'll tell you what, the last two albums I've been all about. Okay, enough of what I've liked. Let's talk about what I have hated. <laughs> and there's really only one thing I want to talk about that I've hated. And um, with Oscar season that just passed and all the movie buzz and, and Oscar buzz. So Uncut Gems came out with Adam Sandler. And I just, if I hear one more person say how brilliant Adam Sandler was in that movie, y'all, Adam Sandler played Adam Sandler. He played a Jewish, a Jewy, loud, talkative doesn't shut the hell up, has no, has no change in, like, voice pitch or whatever. It was the most, it was the worst movie I'd ever seen. It was, I, I try to like every single movie I watch. I try. I really honestly do. I love film, and I love, I love, I love the cinema. And I just, I will always find something in a movie that I truly love. I almost walked out of this movie and the only other movie I did that to was the remake of Mad Max and I will go to the grave and fight anyone that was a horse shit of a movie and so was this this was two hours of pure anxiety Adam Sandler not shutting the hell up okay the one the the one impressive thing was the amount of lines and dialogue that Adam Sandler has because Adam Sandler doesn't literally shut up the entire movie when other people are talking he's still talking and talking over and everyone's talking over one another and yelling and it's loud it was awful and I don't even I don't even care I hated it I hated it wasn't interesting uh, the storyline, the the other people, God bless Idina Menzel, who had a small part in that movie as his wife. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, love her, just not, it was not a good, it was not a good situation. Um, so the fact that everyone was like, oh, he got snubbed, or oh, he Oscar buzz, Oscar buzz for best actor, I was so jacked going in, and I was so disappointed leaving. Like, come on, come on. One movie that I'm super excited about, um, In the Heights. In the Heights is coming out in, G uh, in June. In the Heights is a music is a musical that was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda that I actually had the pleasure of seeing on Broadway when I was in high school. And I cannot wait for it to come out. It's actually going to be directed by John M. Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians. It's going to be done by Warner Brothers Pictures. The trailer's insane. Um, it's it's about a bodega owner who has mixed feelings and he's going to be closing this like monumental bodega that's in that's in this um, neighborhood of New York. And he wants to go back to the Domin D Dominican Republic where he grew up, but he ends up um, he ends up inheriting his grandmother's fortune. And it's just it's it's big. It's musical. It's it's diverse it's gonna be great and i am so excited go watch the trailer and get hyped get freaking hyped because it's definitely probably gonna sweep everything um or not even well we can say it's definitely gonna be up for some awards in the following in the following season okay let's talk about a couple more things let's talk let's talk the bachelor what what on earth is going on for all my bachelor fans what in the literal hell is going on i was so excited i love i was obviously not the happiest because i obviously i wanted mike 
I wanted Mike to be the bachelor. I wanted him to be the first African-American male. I thought he would have been amazing. I thought he would have pulled so, like, great women and just be a really fun, interesting season. But we went with Pilot Pete, and that's great, and that's fun. This season's been really hard for me to watch. Obviously, I've watched it, and not even hard to watch, but hard just to, there's been nobody on. There's been none of the girls who I've liked. Nobody. Really, honestly, nobody. And I, I don't like, I don't like watching a show where, like, the main guy ends up just with a bunch of flukes. And when you, when you have your deck stacked with flukes and you send, I mean, he really didn't have a lot of, like, really great picks to begin with. I'm not going to lie. But, and now we're hearing rumors that he might even not even be with somebody on the show and he, maybe he's with a producer on The Bachelor. I mean, I will say that he has been entertaining to watch as fact that he's so cringy at times Peter can be very cringy and very cheesy and can try he like tries to be sexy and like say these things and like be some like oh god also these moments where they're making out like I'm just feeling inside like there's no way in hell those like the girl is actually in in the moment and like passionately making out there was one scene where they were laying like laying in bathing suits on a on a freaking rock surface like with underneath a waterfall like next to a pool and the camera's right there I'm like there is no way in hell right now that that's like actually fun there's no way you have a camera in your face you're laying on a rock floor you're in your bathing suit on national television trying to have a makeout session where like you're not really into it there was another girl him and Kelsey when they were making out on the side of a hill and like she was on top of him I was like okay obviously right now here are the things that are going through her mind is my ass crack hanging out? Do I look fat? We're on it. Like, where are we on this hill? Am I going to roll off? Like, there's, it's just, I always love seeing these, like, passionate makeout scenes because I just know that, like, <laughs> they're, they probably are, like, torture. They're literally probably torture. So, I don't know. I'm definitely ready for The Bachelorette. What I'm more ready for, and I don't even want to watch anyone from this past season. Or if, you know what? There is someone, and if Madison, the come to find out virgin, if she's not, if she's not somebody, then I think that would be awesome to have the female version of Colton and have the female virgin. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up with the Super Bowl. Super Bowl halftime show. I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna say it here. It was one of the best, if not the best, Super Bowl halftime shows in a long time. It was feminine. It was fun. It was positive. I think one of the main things about the Super Bowl halftime show is is when these people come in and play, if you even remotely for a second think you're going to play a song that has a lower a lower cadence or just a lower tempo and is not high beat, it's boring. It's boring and we don't want to watch boring. Like sorry Paul McCartney and sorry Prince, I know you're amazing, but like I don't want to watch I don't want to listen to fucking Purple Rain during a Super Bowl halftime show. It's boring. I'm falling asleep. I'm already falling asleep during this bullshit football game. Give me something to watch. Shakira was great. J-Lo was amazing. Of course, then you get the backlash of it was too sexy and there was too much ass shaking and in the crotch and the this. I'm like, you know what? Shut up. Like, shut up. It was, it was, it was part of their culture. It was Latin dance. It was, it's what, it's, they were in Miami. It was, it was, it's Latin. It's the whole, like, it was different. It was fresh. It was, they, they killed it. And I thought it was incredible. Kids aren't watching that and saying, oh, I'm going to like, they're not, they have no idea what they're watching when they see that. All they see is it's, it's fun and it's upbeat and it's loud. And, you know, JLo brings her daughters and brings the choir out and they come together. I mean, it was, 
awesome. And it was awesome just to see two female performers kill it. And at 43 and 50, so you know what? Anyone else can just hop the fuck off. Okay, cool. Thanks. Come again. It's 2020. Get your thumb out of your ass. Like, we, things are changing. Like, this is great. This is positive female energy that we need. And I'm all about it. And on that note, I'm going to call it a night. It feels good. It feels good. I hope you all don't feel a little too whiplashed. I hope no, no one feels super whiplashed. <sighs> Man, it's nice just to let the beast out of the cage every now and again. You know, just feels good. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Mad Get Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and I will talk to you all next time.